0: are locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is locked on jazz for the 28th of february a win over the clippers what happened in the rest of the playoff race we'll look at that as the blazers and rockets continue to rise the nuggets are in town and your questions on wait we're in denver on your questions on a facebook live it's all coming up next Unlocked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Today's show is late uh, and live for two reasons. One, I had to get locked on NBA up first, which was with Trevor Booker. So, special thanks to Trevor. That's on locked on NBA. Just tell your smart device to play podcast locked on NBA. And because I had to have breakfast with Sue Bird. Yeah, my life's awesome. Actually, it was so great. So, I've known Susan. She was a rookie in the WNBA. I was the Seattle Storm play-by-play announcer. And And to spend an hour with adult Sue Bird was, was cool, man. She's still playing, still rocking. Maybe she can start for point guard for us tonight. Uh, but it was just, it was really awesome. I just, I have a deep place in my heart for her and Lauren Jackson, who were our two stars uh, and young kids uh, with the Seattle Storm back then. So that was, that was super, super uh, cool to get to do. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and a look at everything going on with the Jazz. available for you on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked on Jazz. I feel like I have so many exciting things going on that I want to share with you. Um, I don't know what they all are. I'm just kind of in that mood, so we'll talk basketball instead. Uh, The Exciting one is that the Locked On, it's not really Locked On. They should call it Locked On Mudslide. I really think that's what they should call it. But the Chocolate Mudslide and the Caramel Vanilla uh, Mudslide cookies from Leatherbees available exclusively at the store starting tomorrow. So that's kind of cool. All right, thanks so much. bunch of people are on the show. Let's get it rolling. Uh, let's start with what we do every single day, which is a quick look at the playoff push and what took place last night because it's actually um, – it's actually pretty important to see what happened um, in last night's games uh, and update you on all of that. Um, the And I think we did it the other day. The only game was the Oklahoma City uh, game, so Denver got that win. Uh, Denver is just – they're really good right now. I mean, that's – uh, and that's going to be quite a task tonight, though I don't think tonight's quite as uh, meaningful as other. So Portland had a 33 percent chance to win last night, according to our the 538 system going into Boston and they won. Portland is four and0 since the break. They're two and0 in games where they had 20 to 40 percent chance. They are pushing toward 52 wins for the jazz to get home court advantage. In the first round, with the way things are taking place, I, I really think we can only lose two more games the rest of the way. It, it's crazy. Um, Houston last night beat the Hornets, so they are executing exactly as they're supposed to, plus they got one extra win uh, that we didn't anticipate. Uh, the Jazz had an 85% win probability last night and did exactly that, so they go to 2-0 and in those games they had to win. San Antonio had a 67-win probability last night, and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. This is what ends up happening is that people win these games. The Clippers, uh, obviously, with their 15% win probability, did not. And the uh, I would like to thank the – now, the Clippers, by the way, only have six more games the rest of the year with under 40% win probability. After tonight, the Jazz do not have another game in which their win probability is under 40%. The Jazz could very well be favored in every game the rest of the way. Sacramento, who has to find a way to win games that they are considerably not favored in, uh, lost last night. They had a 24% win probability against the Milwaukee Bucks. They now go to 0-2. In games that are 20-40, to 40, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win those games. And the Lakers beat the Pelicans last night, 65% win probability. Frankly, if the Lakers didn't win that, it would have been just an absolute uh, bloodbath there. Here's how it's playing out, though, kind of exactly as we expected. Certain wins, which are 80 to 100%, their teams are 4-1. They'll go up to about 90 Should wins where it's sixty to seventy percent teams are winning at eighty percent rate on those games right now. They're eight and two. Pickems are two and three. Unlikelys, which are twenty to forty percent, and they'll win about thirty-five percent, a little higher than usual. They're three and four, and no chance games. Our teams are two and four uh, so far, as we expect. Teams overperform slightly on these models, and that's what takes place um, so far for the Jazz last night. They win their fourth game this year when trailing by 15 or more in the first quarter. That is the, fir- the first – they lead the league. Not a stat I think we would love. They lead the league in tra- with games when trailing by 15 or more in the first quarter. Pretty incredible, actually, that you can uh, do that. It shows, as Rudy Gobert said post game, it shows a bunch of guys that are willing to go to the next play all the time and not uh, – be worried about what is taking place. It shows a level of belief in what they're doing and a a level of togetherness uh, to what they're doing as well. So I I do actually think it's an admirable quality that the fact that the Jazz fall behind by 15, get to 7. At halftime, it's still 7. Then they finally make their run and surge. Netto's 3 at the corner pushes it to a tie. Then last night, the Clippers are the number one team in the NBA in uh, clutch play all year and the Jazz were able to, to outdo them in the clutch. So that, I think, um, is really an important uh, thing for the Jazz to be able to pull off is the fact that they won a clutch game in that manner against a team uh, that is as vital or as, you know, frankly, as as good in the clutch, particularly because of their ability to get the free throw line, as the LA Clippers have been this year. So that's a nice, nice win for the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz won that game to me largely due to shot selection. I actually never – I fell asleep while riding Empty the Noggin on the plane. I actually had a long day on a personal note yesterday. Nothing, nothing – well, nothing wrong with my family, but real stuff. Uh, I'm getting old enough that sometimes some of my friends aren't doing great. So that was a hard day, and I just crashed. I got on the plane and just – Went out. So I'll try to get Empty the Noggin up. But I actually wrote this up for Empty the Noggin last night. And never finished it. The Clippers took 46 non-restricted area twos. It's interesting. On the day that we did a show about how important shot distribution is, uh, the Jazz won a game because of shot distribution. So the Clippers took 46 non-restricted area two shots last night. The Jazz only took 27. The... Jazz took eight more shots at the rim and eight more three-point looks in the Clippers. Five of those eight were corner threes. So average points per shot at the rim is 1.3, and the average mid-range shot is 0.8. We talked about that yesterday. So the Jazz eight more shots at the rim were worth four points. The five corner threes are worth 1.2 points, and those are are worth about two points above the break threes or 1.05. So the Jazz shot selection last night was 6.75 points better than the Clippers. If average players had taken all of the shots last night, the Jazz would have won by 6.75 points. And the Jazz won by 6. Like, we always... I mean, you, I, I'm guessing if you listen to this show, you generally have decided that either by being browbeaten like all oh, holy hell... Uh, by me, or because you actually bought into it, uh, have actually kind of understand the value of analytics. Um, but last night is a really good example of this. So last night, the Jazz QSQ, which we talk about all the time, is quantified shot quality, was 54.1. The Clippers was 51.8. So the Jazz, just by what they shot, were better. Now, both teams shot poorly. and The Jazz had one of their better... Defensive games of the year last night you know when it, uh, it was another hundred I think they got it below a hundred last night um, so you know that's that's certainly vital for the jazz to have success is for them to be able to pull off these games in which they frankly that 's how we win is we get that we get that defensive rating down under a hundred and we have a chance to win and we did it last night how we're doing i don 't know that we can do that uh, against a team as as potent. And as good as the Denver Nuggets, they're really, really, really good. But so obviously, the combination last night was having very good shot quality, and the Jazz, as we talked about yesterday, are the number one team in the league at forcing teams into bad shot quality. So they, you know, they contest the shots, they force them into misses. They have a very good defensive game. It also has to do with where you're allowing those shots, and the Jazz did a fabulous job at that uh, last night. Today's show is brought to you by my friends at Intercap Lending. Well, let me go right to my email inbox because I have a fun email today. Let me see if I can share it with you. Where's my guy, Steve Carter? Sent me an email just a moment ago. Here it is. Hey, hope all is well. I just closed another Lockdown Listener. They left us a review. See below. Thanks again. Let's keep getting more and more Lockdown Listeners taken care of. All I can say is Steve Carter is by far the best loan officer I've ever worked with. That is saying something because I've done my fair share of loans in my lifetime. He was responsive, down-to-earth person to work with, which is rare. I will be sure to recommend him to anyone I know with the highest praise. That is from Dave Thurman. And Dave Thurman is a Locked On Jazz listener. And you can use Intercap lending as well uh, with us. uh, Intercap. Uh, done great work for us they they're growing fabulously why because they get jobs they get jobs done like that's the whole deal Steve Carter helped me that's the experience I had uh, with Steve Carter he is just was truly overwhelmingly great to deal with went above and beyond uh, and was able to get the deal done uh, with that kind of fortitude and insight and extra effort and all the things that separate uh, I think intercap and why you know why does a a lending company grow because they get deals done that it's just that simple so special thanks uh to mr thurman special thanks to steve carter for filling what he always does uh with our listeners and you can do the same over at intercap and get that same experience uh i do need to tell you uh before i forget that intercap lending NMLS number 190465 for more visit Intercap Lending. Steve's number is 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. 385-885-28. All right, Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, This is one where the Jazz don't have a very high win probability tonight. Um, The Nuggets are just bona fide great, frankly. Uh, The Nuggets come in as the fourth best offense in the NBA. Uh, after their early ride of being great defensively, they have slipped a tiny bit, but they're still tenth overall. Um, if you look at them over the last 15 games, where everybody thought they were um, clearly slipping, I'm not sure that that concern is as legitimate um, as everybody put onto it. But they're still they're 11 and four, and their defensive rating is now fifth in the NBA over the last five games, so or over the last 15 games. So I would say that that whole concern that they had lost it defensively is gone. They're the seventh best offensive team in the league. We're actually the sixth best offense in the league in the last 15 games. Uh, and defensively, we're actually slipping, if you want to get into it. We're 10th in their fifth, so maybe you should be more worried about us. Denver is just bona fide. I, you know, I think the great question that has to be asked is what changed? Like, how does a team that a year ago, and I got pestered on this a little bit last night um, from some people, how does a team that last year was a game out of the playoffs become very clearly the number two team in the Western Conference? I'm going to do a radio show with Scott Hastings at 1230 today, and I'm going to interrupt the show to ask him that question to see if I can get that answer, because I think that's the key uh, to our broadcast tonight. So uh, we'll figure that out. All right, let's get to some of your questions. Um... Uh, Okay, people want tickets. That seems unlikely. Malcolm Brogdon to Utah this offseason. It's possible. Um, I I guess, in a sense, Milwaukee has to make a decision between Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon. I would think they would take Malcolm Brogdon over Eric Bledsoe, Uh, but maybe not. Uh, But Malcolm Brogdon will be a free agent. He will get paid, and uh, it would be a possibility, Um, and he's big and strong and matches to kind of what you want next to Donovan. Uh, n- numbers on when Donovan Mitchell rejects screens. I actually can probably find that. Uh, and do you th- and what's so? You better let me make sure we're clear on something. You better really, really understand the game if you are asking about rejecting screens, because one of the major adjustments Quinn Snyder's made, impressively is that because people are switching everything or trapping Donovan, we don't always bring the pick together anymore. You get the guys spaced out, and then if you bring the pick to Donovan, you're also bringing two defenders to Donovan. So you can just drive and dive. Donovan just drives the big dives next to him, and you can get him, and it probably looks like a reject, and it's not entirely. Pick and roll ball handler Donovan ranks in the 74th percentile. Um, Of all success, he's not a very good isolation player yet. He's in the 39th percentile when he goes right, 48th percentile when he goes left. Um, Let's see, pick and roll. Overall, when he goes, I do not have that. I have if they go over or under the pick and how he deals with it. Oh, wait, dribbles away from the pick. Donovan is in the 89th percentile of all offensive players. So Donovan going away from the pick is much better than if he actually uses the pick. Don't know if that's what you're expecting, but there's your numbers on that. Um, Do you think we hold the sixth spot to the end, says Josh. More and more likely looks like we'll be sixth. What is unclear to me is I've always had Oklahoma City as third, but I'll tell you what, what Portland just did this week changes the landscape of things a little bit. Um, I haven't looked at 538 to see how they've updated their projection system. I'll do it as we speak on my my new computer, so super fast I can do anything. It's like a little toy, and it's touchscreen. I like toys. Um, let's see, 538 now projects Warriors 1, Nuggets 2, Thunder at 52 wins, Blazers at 51, Rockets at 50, Jazz at 50. So that would have us as the six, depending how the tiebreaker goes with the Rockets. And then they actually have the Clippers now at seven at 44, and the Spurs at eight at 44, and the Lakers at 40. That's a pretty big gap. But it's also a huge gap between six and seven. I think that's kind of what happened, that win last night. I don't think we slide under six. The real question is just who's three. And so right now it's we according to 538, it's us in the thunder um, matching up. And basketball reference projects actually basketball reference now projects the blazers ahead of the thunder, but has us projected ahead of the rockets um and they have the same they have the kings ahead of the lakers uh so they have the warriors they have a little less win total warriors nuggets than blazers but we're talking a point 3 difference between the thunder they have the jazz at 48 not 50 the rockets at 48 the clippers and spurs they're all the basketball reference one is always a little um low i don't quite know why that is or what it is uh, on their system the espn projection has Golden State, Denver, Oklahoma City at 51, Portland at 51, Utah at 49, Houston at 49, San Antonio at 45. So you've got it. Like, that's where we are. It's un- I don't think we're getting to three. Seems unlikely, equally unlikely us getting to four. So then the question is whether we're five or six and then who we're playing. So it feels as though Oklahoma City, Portland, Utah, Houston are all in this little match together. And Portland's obviously had a great week. So that, that's pushed the landscape a little bit in their direction. Uh is the shot in the arm we need at point guard I I think that Raul played great last night he has been super whenever he gets on the floor um, and the question is um, whether or not You know, tonight he might have to play a little bit more depending if Ricky's unavailable. When he has to play those 25, 30 minutes, is he able to maintain that? And is he able to stay healthy, right? Those are the big questions. Did you try mudslide cookie ice cream? We did. We had a four ice cream taste test. The chocolate vanilla mudslide was the winner. The chocolate, the mocha mudslide cookie, excuse me, the vanilla caramel chocolate mudslide cookie was the winner. The mocha mudslide cookie need a little more coffee bump to it rumors are rumors sources say sources from inside the store's latest taste test reports to lock woads the ice cream newsbreaker that the latest word is that the mocha bounce that has been added to the mudslide cookie makes it a world-class leather peas ice cream back to you in the studio i don't know who that was Uh, hey, David, what is your thought on Igor possibly being fired by the Suns? And if it happens, what are our chances of getting him back? Um, I doubt he would come back because he would just made seven million dollars to not coach. Uh, I'm sure he would be an advisor because he and Quinn are close. And I've heard that he's he is not like that. There was a touch and go moment there, but that he's all right. Most overrated and underrated according to points gained. Can we do that tomorrow? Zach, can I do that tomorrow on a Friday show? Uh, What time are we going to get home tonight? It's an 8.30 start plus the hour and a half drive to Stapleton Airport, plus the flight, plus the drive home. Killer. Time machine question. If John Stockton and Carl Malone played today in the NBA, what would you expect from them? Probably exactly what they did. I mean, I think Mailman would evolve his game a little bit and be able to shoot from the outside and and John would probably have to shoot a little bit more, but probably very similar to what they are. I mean, they're that good. John might have a hard time on switches. We didn't do that. Um, would Malone be a five? It's a good question. There aren't a lot of power forwards like Carl. Has the 14-second shock clock rather than 24 shock led to more possessions? Uh, I think I read somewhere it's a limited amount uh not a, not a huge number um is what i believe is surprisingly surprisingly few it has led to some exciting moments late in the game where the shot clock used to be off and now all of a sudden it's not off anymore um and so i think that has that has led to some kind of interesting uh things along the way if you are in the market for buying or selling your house Homey is built on the mission to save customers thousands in commission when you buy or sell a home by utilizing technology to make the process more efficient. They have a team of agents there to help you out. Here's how it works. Rather than paying your 6%, Homey sells any price home for the same low cost of $199 to list and $1299 at close, regardless of what the house costs. When you buy a home with Homey, you qualify up to a $5,000 buyer refund as well. So... That's how Homie works. Is it working? Well, some of the data that has come in so far shows that Homie is selling homes at slightly above the market value right now. Uh, Homey is selling homes a little bit faster. Uh, they're selling at 99.3% of the list price. They sell in 14 days over 16 days. So yes, it, the data is showing uh, that it's all working over at homey so i've got a number for you to text to find out more about my friends at Homie. actually text lock l-o-c-k-e to 88588 that's lock to 88588 and find out why it's working better why they sell faster and find out how their team will help you out lock to 88588 all right let's continue with your questions on our live edition of locked on jazz today Trevor Booker was my guest on Locked on NBA. A lot of fun. Make sure you grab that. From Zach, what would the league consider shortening the shot clock to 20 for a faster pace? I don't know why you would need to. The pa- the pace is crazy fast. Not jazz-related, but what's your thoughts on Boston and their situation? Hayward seems to thrive when Kyrie's out of the lineup. Um, I think they have. I talked about this from the very beginning of the season. Most people dismissed me when I talked about this. Um, they, if you took the possessions used in the playoffs, added Kyrie and added Gordon, they were at 130 possessions to be used in a game. It's just too many. You can't have it. You know, it's great to have all this talent, but if you have 130 possessions in a 100-possession game, each player has to reduce their usage value by about 13% or more to be able to get the team all right, and not no one's willing to do that. Um you know, it's all it's nice I heard saw somebody say that well, they're all better when Kyrie's on. Well, the offense is 0.83 points per 100 possessions better when Kyrie Irving's on the floor. Uh by the way, the offense is also better when Gordon Hayward's on the floor. It's worse, the defense is not. Uh So it's they they are just cannot find the mixture. That they need to have. Jalen Brown is not as good as everyone thinks. Terry Rozier is not as good as everyone thinks. They are too inefficient. Those are probably the two most overrated points gained player to our previous question. Um, They have some inefficient players on that roster. Uh, They are not as good defensively this year when Al Horford is on the floor, which is really surprising and might mean there's a sign of aging going on there. I know Jake Locked On Celtics is great. Jake King, John Corrales, Sam Packard. Like if you really want to know what's going on with the Celtics, go tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Celtics, because they, those guys know it. Jay's the Atlantic writer. John Corrales is the Mass Live, and Sam Packard does great work. Why? By the way, the reason Portland's so good right now is because they stopped playing Evan Turner. If, if. If Boston stopped playing negative offensive players they'd be better too you you cannot survive playing negative offensive players I, I've been preaching this forever Portland's offense was seven points worse when Evan Turner was on the floor so they stopped playing him like that's you negative offensive players are death I I cannot I cannot explain this enough. I cannot emphasize this enough at what a negative offensive player does to your team. And those guys that are negative offensive players, Terry Rozier, last check, I haven't updated in a while, is a minus one. Uh, Jalen Brown, I'm trying to find right now, is a minus, minus minus minus. Offensive players are incredibly hard to overcome. I'll talk about this more tomorrow. We'll do a points gain Friday and try to explain to this whole philosophy. The point is there are very, very few offensive players that are that positive. So that when you have a negative, like you think of Terry Rozier's negativeness as just being, oh, well, he's just not that efficient. His offensive negative play almost eliminates Kyrie Irving's positive. That's how bad having negative offensive players are on your roster. Um, I'm looking right now, this has not been... Most of the guys here, this is about 40, 45 games into the season, so um, I haven't... This is about 20 games from being updated. I'll update it before, just last time I saved it. And you have just a bunch of guys that are not... You know, the guys that are really crushing teams with their lack of efficiency. Um, Eric Gordon had been doing so in Houston at that point. Gordon Dragic in Miami. DeMar DeRozan. Victor Oladipo wasn't very good this year. It's why part of the reason why Indiana's been fine uh, since he got hurt. Uh, most of them are just on bad teams, but Andrew Wiggins is one of these guys. Russell Westbrook has been one of the least efficient players in the league. Um, so you just, you take Evan Turner... Out of the lineup for Portland, and you wonder why they've gotten why they're suddenly winning games. It, it's a few point swing, and that's what makes that's what's made Portland better. Evan Turner was a minus one, they stopped playing him. Wade Baldwin was a minus one, they traded him. CJ McCullum was a minus 0.5, they added Rodney Hood instead. That's a big, that's a big plus in the right direction. Uh, where does Ricky Rubio sit with the Jazz in the future? Time to hand the reins over to Exum or Neto, or draft a guy like Trey Jones from Duke. Well, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so it largely has to do with his market value, what else he gets, what his value, production value is, um, and what the Jazz think their other answers are. Unfortunately, the injury to Exum once again makes it very hard to evaluate where he is and who he is as a player, and that's difficult. Uh, Denver commentators last night said that Mitchell is the worst finisher at the rim in the league this season. Denver commentators, why would Denver, Clippers commentators or Denver? I mean, if it was a Clipper commentators, they were also talking about how Robert Tractor-Trailer, who's dead, um, was playing in the local rec league. I don't think that that's true. Let me see. I also don't know why they would be Making that up. Donovan Mitchell at the rim for his position is in the 43rd percentile of finishing. No, that's shot attempts. 48th percent finishing. He's at 57% at the rim this year. So he's not the worst. Unless, no, he can't be. So I don't know where they got that. Uh, I think we're about out of time. But let me take one more. Oh, Kirk Goldsbury did something. I see a link here. I'll have to check it out. Oh, they included his floaters. Oh, in the paint? Donovan's not good in the paint, because that is a bad shot. Um, if that's Donovan short mid range is shooting thirty eight percent at four and is in the forty eighth percentile of all guards there. Um so maybe that's it. I'll have to look at what Goldsbury had to say. Uh, thanks for all your insight. Still concerned the Jazz just don't have enough firepower to match the top four teams in the league. I think that's probably true. They might not. It's going to be very hard defensively to be as good as they can be. I mean, the firepower is Rudy, right? Rudy offensive influence is actually fairly significant on the game, and people just don't understand that. Um, I think we should mention how great Neto is. I think we should mention how great Rudy and Donovan are. That's my personal opinion. I'm going to end on how great Rudy and Donovan are. Neto's nice. It's cute. It's fun. Let's talk about how great Rudy is. Rudy in the last 11 games is averaging 18 points, 13 rebounds, three block shots, and shooting 71% from the field. It's pretty awesome. Have a great day. That is Locked on Jazz. Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on NBA to get Trevor Booker today. Have a good one.